Welcome to the Art of Getting Your Shit Together podcast, where each week we help you identify the bullshit that's holding you back and discover the courage to take action to create a life you love and enjoy. How are you? I'm great. I've got a cup of coffee. I've got a fireplace. I've got an iPad. I've got a dog. I like recording in this room, by the way. This is a great space. I think we need to do this more. I agree. This could be the new recording studio. As long as Jake is okay confining himself in a space. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, the weather is getting nice now, so he'll probably be outside most of the time. True. So my husband is currently in school getting his bachelor's degree, and so he's in the other room like that's directly is adjacent the right word it's next to it and the walls are paper thin and so i'm like we can't record in my office or he's gonna hear everything and that's got to be annoying because he's writing a paper and he's got to concentrate and it's already a hard class it's like we're gonna move to this den area that we have in our house this room doesn't make sense I don't know what the hell it was supposed to be originally. It was just like a room in our house. We have a great room and an open floor plan. Both Lindsay and I have the exact same house because we live in a neighborhood with tracked homes where there were only so many floor plans. And so I made this a little den with a cheap Wayfair fireplace, electric fireplace. (laughs) It's not a real one, (laughs) but it's cute. It's cozy. It is so cozy. Yeah. And I think this is what this room was meant to be. It was like a little study den. Yeah, some people make it a formal dining, oh, and we're not that formal. We don't even use our breakfast nook that we have. We eat at the counter. So we're here. We're here in a new space. I love it. I love it. So today we're going to be talking about our six human needs, because regardless of who we are, how we brought up, whatever the case, we all are driven by these six human needs and how they tie in to being addicted to our problems. And I know that sounds like a really glamorous topic. <laughs> really uplifting yeah but i promise there's gonna be a couple nuggets for you to take away that you're going to love so i'm gonna do a quick summary of the six human needs because those are important to understand why we become addicted to our problems you ready i'm ready all right so these six human needs are the fundamentals that drive us and what's interesting about them is that we don't value them the same way so think of when you, when you think of these six human needs, think of a pie chart that's broken up six ways. And then some of those slices of the pie are bigger because we all value different things. And so of course, we're going to value these needs that show up in our life differently. So the first one is certainty. And this is the familiar, right? This is the knowing that we all need something familiar and having that stability around us. This could be our basic needs of food, shelter, and water, or other material sources. But what's interesting about this is that when people cannot control their physical circumstance, they may seek certainty through another outlet. This is where um, faith and religion really comes into play, and just having an optimistic outlook, right? But we know like too much of one thing can also be a bad thing, like that toxic positivity. that can hinder us too because we're striving so hard to seek certainty that we can get stuck there always having that positive outlook where we're not able to even really connect with people sometimes but that's a different topic besides our basic needs one of the most common pieces of certainty in today's society is the paycheck right having that consistent income something to look forward to something that brings us value all of that The second human need is uncertainty 
and or variety, people have to change their state of mind in order to achieve this. So a means of achieving this could be physical activity. Um, it could be mood swings. It could be a change of scenery. So what I'm getting at is some sort of stimuli. We have to stimulate ourselves in some way. So this could be your thrill seekers, your risk takers. Spontaneity. Spontaneity. Some people may also look at someone who really values uncertainty and variety and think that they may be more compulsive. I would agree with that. The third one is significance. This is a big one because everybody needs to feel special or important in some way. Right? We all want to be seen and heard and validated in some way in our lives, whether it's in our personal lives or relationships at work. You know, work is a big one um, from their community, from their peers. And what I love about talking about significance is that I want to make sure I word this right. When people want to feel significant and they're having a hard time, they will strive to seek significance by focusing on their insignificance. In other words, they're focusing on the size or complexity of maybe their problems to make themselves feel significant. And so we need to know in some cases that helplessness for some folks is power because in that essence, they are talking about something and they are being heard and seen and validated and they're saying, oh, that works. So-and-so is hearing me. I'm getting attention. And so they are going to continue to follow that pattern because it's needing their need of significance, even though they are becoming more of that helpless type, maybe that victimhood that can show up in this way. So it goes both ways. We can seek significance by achieving something great and amazing. And we can even seek significance from within ourselves by accomplishing a, a large task, a goal, especially if you're looking for that variety piece like a marathon. A lot of times we seek significance from external sources, and if we're not getting that, we can create it by creating helplessness. And I think one other thing, too, is if you ever see people who, I'm thinking of the story that they told at Tony Robbins where this guy said that there was this girl, she dressed really provocatively, or she was very, and I don't mean like sexy, but like she was trying to get a reaction from people so if you think about like the 90s grunge or the goth type Mm -hmm. look those people that's a significance thing right i'm special look at me i've I've got my own look my own uniqueness i'm an individual individual yeah exactly and that too i think is systemic in our society we are very keen here in america on individualism so Mm -hmm. that's another way you can pinpoint significance that's a great point The fourth human need is connection and love. Human needs to feel connected with someone or something. This could be a person, an ideal, uh, a value, or your sense of identity. What about dogs? Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) Especially dogs. Especially dogs, yes. Let's just say that. Dogs are number one, (laughs) as as this dog who never snuggles is laying on my legs. So connection may take the form of love or an intense engagement, what I love about this one is you've heard people like people just like started a fight for no reason, or I don't know where that came from. People would rather feel something than nothing. And they will start a fight just in order to feel connection. Okay. So that's kind of some toxic behavior, right? But they're trying to connect or they're trying to also probably meet significance at the same time. And they're not getting that. So they're acting out of sorts. 
The fifth one is growth. Everything in the universe is either growing or dying. There is no third alternative. And it doesn't matter if you are sitting happily in your certainty bubble, you are probably trying to grow in some way. This could be in a relationship. This could be even strengthening your faith. This could be a myriad of different things that come up for you. But growth is so important. You're either growing or dying. We are humans. We are meant to be growing and evolving. And hopefully we are doing that in a conscious and mindful way. The last one is contribution. Humans cannot be spiritually fulfilled unless we are contributing to something, right? And we also seek contribution. We value contribution from others. In many cases, in in some area of your life, we like to be taken care of sometimes, right? And that's innately within us, right? No baby grew up on their own, right? They say it takes a village, we have to have some kind of community, but we also love to give back. That's why it feels so good to give. That's why people dedicate their whole lives to acts of service. I did this talk at a funeral summit, and this is who I was speaking to, was a, a group of people who have dedicated their careers to giving back to others in the hardest time of their lives, right? And they are, they are those people who are there for those families day in and day out. And although exhausting and extremely hard. So it's a very taxing profession. It's also extremely gratifying for that reason. And so, you know, this is all the caretakers in the world. You think of like, I can never do that. I can never imagine doing that. And that's what people live for. Right. And that's why they do that. We need those people because they love it. It's our Enneagram twos. Mm -hmm. So what's notable about these is that anytime you believe that you're doing something, acting, or behaving in a particular way that meets three of these needs, you can become addicted to that behavior. So that could be acting out, right? Significance, connection, and certainty, knowing that that's going to work. It could be addicted to a substance like alcohol. That's certainty because it's readily available. It's connection because you're connecting with that activity that's readily available. You may think that you're connecting with your friends or anything. No, you're connecting with that stimulus and the piece of variety that it brings you because it's a stimuli. It's altering your mood. So it's giving you that sense of variety and uncertainty that we look for, right? Because it's a numbing agent. We're escaping our current reality. So that's where being addicted to our problems can come in. Because being addicted to our problems meets three of these primal needs. And I didn't mention this at the beginning. The first four needs are that I mentioned were primal needs. So that's certainty, uncertainty, significance, and connection. The last two are spiritual needs. That's connection and growth. So when we have something that meets those primal needs, those are the things that can really show up for us and become problematic because we feel like we need them. They're ingrained in us. They're primal. It's like part of our DNA. And sometimes we're blind to them. We don't even realize that we're doing them because we've been doing them for so long. They feel like a part of us. What are you thinking about? I was thinking about trauma in conjunction with these primal needs Mm -hmm. and how they're great there's like you're saying there's a f- one side of the coin is there's good like there's always dichotomy in this life there's mm-hmm. good and bad and there's neutral but there's good things that these things can do like you know vacations could be that variety or 
you know, going to a new restaurant is variety. Yes. But also the other side of that same coin is the toxic behaviors, which then stem from when you grow up and you have been taught and modeled how to fulfill these needs in a less than probably ideal way. Great point. Yeah, because so much of what we do is what we were taught. I was thinking about the fight, right? That's connection and love and how if you're feeling like you need to connect, that is a way to connect that's very dysfunctional. But it's probably, for a lot of people, how they grew up. It's a trauma response. Yeah, exactly. We talked a little bit about that with Jenny. You know, people who are trying to communicate, communicate the way that they were modeled to communicate. Yes. And if we never learned another way, how could we ever do it? We've never done it. So understanding these needs and how they play a role in your life and how you might be on one side, the light side of the coin, right, where you're mm-hmm. doing these things and they're adding to your life. They're they're making your life more robust and better. Mm-hmm. And then there's other things that kind of drag us in the other direction. Yeah. And those are probably not – the reason I say that is I don't want any shame going into people thinking, oh, God, yeah, I do do that. I do pick fights with my spouse when I feel disconnected. We all do that. Oh, yeah. That's everybody. And – Especially, it's going to be worse for people who have trauma tied to that. Mm-hmm. And trauma is a whole other thing that people, we have said this a lot recently on the show, that we think that trauma is a huge thing, right? We think that it's, oh, it's it's a car accident. It's somebody dying. No, it's, it's anything that causes an, a response in your nervous system, mm-hmm. causes stress or ongoing stress. That's trauma. And with that dichotomy, with the with alternatives, some of the things that I meant that we could be addicted to or could be on the flip side. You could literally be addicted to contribution. Giving, 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 Well, it's giving. like workaholism. Yeah. And That's a good thing, but you're, but it's eroding parts of your life. Exactly. So it's finding a balance in all of these components. And again, it's just really creating awareness. Which ones you value most and how they show up for you. Yeah. And if there is behavior that you want to change or alter in your life, Maybe it's tied to one of these. And then I think the ideal thing, too, is if you see something that isn't ideal, well, is there some other way that I can get a variety, for example, without having to go to this place, without mm-hmm. having to... What's a positive way I can... Or a more... He- I shouldn't say positive. What's a more healthy way to achieve fill-in-the-blank need? Perfect. I love it. So let's talk about being addicted to our problems. Yeah. <laughs> this is across the board. We are not immune to this. No. At all. And especially some of the things that we're going to talk about on here. Because we are all human. This is part of the human experience is having these needs and trying to meet them in various ways. But again, just creating a light of awareness to say, how does this look for me? So one of the reasons that we're addicted to our problems and can't get out from underneath our problems is because our problems meet three of these human needs. And the first one is certainty. Our problems provide us a lot of certainty because our problems are familiar and safe. And because the things that we call our problems give us an excuse not to move forward to take risks. Because taking risks means getting uncomfortable and that's scary. So we want to stay in that certainty piece. And we attach a story or meeting to our problems because we've had them for so long. It's probably part of our belief systems that we've had for a very long time. And we've attached a meaning to that. And with that meaning, with that story, we've told her we've told ourselves that story so often that we really feel or believe ourselves that there is no resolve in that. 
And so I've used a train analogy for all of this. So think of a train. So we have the engine and then we have all the cars behind it, right? Those cars represent either problems or experiences in our lives that just make up our life. So the train is like a representation of our life, okay? And so when we're stuck in certainty, we're going on the same track, we're stopping at the same stops, we're never getting off and exploring anything new, right? It's just a lot of the same. So what's interesting about also this piece of certainty is that it's not that we feel comfortable in our problems, it's that our problems... And I know you've said this before, Jenna, is that it's like our little security blanket because it is familiar. So it's easy to say, that's never going to happen for me, or it's not going to get done, or must be nice for them, or I've tried that before, and, and it didn't work, right? So we're convicted in this dialogue that we've had, and it becomes our security blanket. Again, it gives us that excuse not to move forward. Martyrdom. Mm-hmm. It gives you a reason to be a martyr. So our problems also create significance, and this is on a more subconscious level. And like certainty, we all seek some sort of significance in our life, and not in the sense that we think that our problems are important to us, but our problems give us permission to seek confirmation from others. That naturally brings us significance. When we get confirmation from others, we gain significance, and it also adds to what we're going to talk about in a second, adds that connection piece. So our problems can also allow us to command the attention of a room. Tony Robbins talks about, you know, if I'm in a room, a group of people and I, or if I pull out a gun in front of everybody, I automatically become the most important person in that room. So unfortunately, that's where you can see people acting out in a means of violence because they are so desperately trying to seek some sort of significance. Of course, that ties in probably to a lot of mental health and all kinds of things. However, it can also show up in little jabs of violence, like bullying or picking a fight or whatever the case may be in that, in that sense. So the more you focus on your problems and the more people try to help you with your problems, the more significance that you generate. So think of the train. Think of, you know, I'm talking to Jen and I'm talking about my problems and she's like, yeah, I totally get it. I understand, you know, and she's trying to be there for me as a friend, but I'm taking it as like, this problem is real. This problem makes sense. So of course, of course, it's going to be an issue. And I'm probably going to have it for a long time because of XYZ of the story that I've told myself. So I'm packing those cars. Think of the, the cars on my train. I'm packing that full of validation. Those cars are getting heavy, right? And the more problems I have and the more validation I pack, that train is also getting heavier. So if we're packing our cars full of cargo, eventually, you know, that's a lot of baggage, right? We say we carry a lot of baggage around. That's a lot of baggage. And we could end up getting literally stuck. Okay. We can't go anywhere. We're paralyzed because we are drowning in our problems and we are so fearful to move forward or take risks. What do we do now? So the third piece, the connection piece, what are two ways that people love to connect? Um, social gatherings, social gatherings, but in order to break the ice, a lot of times, what do we do at social oh, gatherings? Gossip, duh. Gossiping. Gossiping. And we complain about our problems. Yeah. Especially in the workplace. If everyone thinks the boss is an ass or something happened, you know, all that gossip. It is the lowest hanging fruit on connection. Oh, it's so Brene cheap. Renee Brown talks about that a lot. Cheap, cheap, cheap. But again, none of us are immune to it. And... We've all been there. And there are plenty of times where I walked away from a conversation, even at work, and I'm like, man, I, I really shouldn't have said that. 
because even the best of us get caught up in conversations that we don't necessarily want to be in. But again, it takes that it takes that awareness piece to say, we're going to shut this down. I'm going to change the conversation. I am not here for this. Just being that person to stand up and say it, because I guarantee you're probably not the only person thinking that. And if you saying that does actually change that conversation, people are going to be relieved. You're doing the other person you're talking about a tremendous service of kind, an act of kindness, and you're setting a positive example for what a rich dialogue should be, not this cheap gossip. And you're also probably guaranteeing that people won't do that in front of you in the future because they're going to be like, well, Lindsay. Yeah. And keeping you out of stuff you don't want to be in. Yeah. Not being associated, you know, and if they don't stop, just walk away, set a boundary. It's not about what other people are doing. It's how you respond to those situations. That's, that's a healthy boundary. So what does this look like as far as our little train analogy? People find comfort in gossip and connection because they may have found their people. Or if, especially if you're complaining about a problem, you don't feel like the only one. You don't feel alone. And so what people are really saying is, you know, come aboard my train. Hop on board. We may not be going where we want, but we're not alone. Right? We may not show up to a destination that we wanted to be at, but we're in this together. Is that Misery Loves Company? Yes, yeah. very much so. <laughs> So what do we do? What do we do from here? How do we get out from underneath our problems and start to change this so we can find that resolve? We can start to change that dialogue and not get stuck. We can start to unload the baggage out of our cars so we have a much lighter travel. And that leaves room for so many other newer, better things in our lives that we want to take with us, right? Instead of dragging this baggage. So the first thing is, check in with your BS, your belief systems. I remember Carissa Kucha saying that she's like, we got to check in with our BS or it's your BS. And it was really our belief systems. But within our belief systems, it's probably a lot of bullshit. So we got to check in with that. We got to ask ourselves, why do I believe this? What am I feeling? What am I committing to by doing XYZ? So are you committing to more of the same? And this loathing or being stuck, or can we start to change that? You know, and what is that holding on to that crappy belief costing you? There's a cost to everything. We only have one life on this earth. What was that thing that we saw the other day? It was like, people leave us before we're ready to let them go. Yes. So, of course, checking in with your belief system, that's a longer conversation. If you go back in some of these episodes that we've talked about, we've talked heavily about changing the dialogue and the conversation and checking in with our belief systems and what that is. So I'm going to leave some of that out, but definitely go back through and listen to some of our older episodes. We talk about it all the time. The second piece is, geez, you got to get uncomfortable. If anyone has heard me talk about anything, especially in my public talks, you've heard me talk about getting uncomfortable. Whether or not we're doing a lot of the same and staying in, a, in that certainty box or we're doing the hard thing and to try to change and make a difference in our lives, like trying to get unstuck from this cycle that we're in, from being addicted to our problems, it's both hard, right? We say, people Sucks say- either way. Yeah. You got to choose your hard, right? Because it's uncomfortable to remain stagnant and growth. Growth is one of our spiritual needs. If we're not growing, we're dying. So of course we're going to feel uncomfortable. And some people are content for the moment, but being content just kind of goes into being stagnant. Bored. 
yeah, you get bored. Everyone gets bored. And they're like, what am I doing here? Right? You start to question everything. So you got to choose your heart. This isn't easy. We all know this. We are not perfect humans, as I mentioned before. But how we spend our money, you know, how we spend our time, whatever that looks like for you, we all have control over that. We have a lot of a lot more control over those things than we think and our attention, right? So how are we utilizing our most valuable resources? Because those are the first things that we we blame for not doing the hard thing is our time, the m- amount of money we have, our relationships, our weight, even our appearance, you know, I'll lose 10 pounds and do that. Or I got to work on this and then I'll figure that out. Or I want to get this certification before I even attempt to do that. Exploring maybe other options first. Or having a different kind of belief in your ability. Or shifting your focus on not on the external validation and significance. Focusing on that internal. Let's work on us first because all that stuff that you're worried about on the outside will not be as loud. Will it go away? Probably not. That's life, but it will be less than. And I just want to remind everyone is that what we do so much for everyone else and we never shift and that that contribution piece shift that back to us. A lot of times when that does happen or we do it too much, I'm using air quotes too much, then it's selfish, right? Or we feel guilty over it. If that's happening for you, then you have healing to do around that. That's a, that's a deeper conversation. There is healing that needs to happen because when you're contributing to you to make yourself the best person so you can show up for everyone the way that you want, even when you're under stress, even when you're having a shitty day and still creating that pause to say, this is who I am and this is how I act in integrity every day, as much as you can, we're all going to fuck up sometimes. That's fine. But still doing it, that's not selfish. And is a hundred percent worth any investment of your time, your money, or attention to work on that. I guarantee it. Your return on investment will pay out tenfold. Yeah, it's usually a a learned response. I think a lot of women learn it from their moms. A lot of our moms were martyrs, right? And so they constantly are taking care of everybody else or making mm-hmm. sure everyone else is taken care of, and then they're resentful and pissed off that nobody's taking care of their needs and one of the things that I want to stress too is taking care of your own needs or investing in the resources and time that you have to work through the barrier. You know, maybe you were taught to not do that because it was selfish is huge, especially if you're a parent, because what I can tell you is you learned that from your one of your parents and you're teaching your kids that it's not important to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not breaking that cycle. You're going to continue passing that on to them. 100%. And you're also teaching your kids that it's okay to stay comfortable and not take risks and not, as Seth Godin says, like putting yourself on the hook. None of us want to go on the hook. None of us want to mess up. A lot of us are perfectionists. So if I can't do it 100% right or perfectly the first time, then I'm not even going to try. So I'm just going to stay stuck yeah, and languish in my problems. And I can tell you from personal experience, especially with talking to others or public speaking or whatever, I would herniate over speaking or even talking in front of a classroom, especially when I was a kid. Like 
I'd rather shit myself in front of people than have to answer a question in front of my classmates when I was younger. I don't know where that came from, but I knew I had to really, I had to get over it fast if I was going to be managing a team and all that stuff. And when you give yourself permission to just mess up sometimes and people to see you and be vulnerable, it takes the pressure off other people too. It's refreshing. I know for some people to see me be like, what was, you know, what was that? Or just say, Hey, I messed that up. Or, Hey, you know, that thing that I was talking about the other day, you know what? That maybe wasn't the best idea. Let's, let's reframe that. Let's go back. And when you can take the pressure off of yourself to do that, you can do so much more because even if it's not 100%, you're chipping away at it. And a lot of a little bit adds up to amazing, amazing things. You don't have to do it all at once either. But you don't have to do it perfectly every time. And no one is expecting you to. It's better when you're authentic. It's hard for all of us, though. So first of all, finding the patterns in your life where you see that it, this is these are problems that I have that I'm, att- I'm overly attached to. And everybody has them. Mm-hmm. There isn't a single human on this planet that's alive that's like, oh, I have no problems that I'm addicted to. I have no problems that... Maybe addicted isn't the right word for you if, if you want to say attached is might feel better to you. Like I'm really attached to that narrative, that story that I keep saying or that story that I keep telling myself. I can tell you one of mine. As a business owner, one of the things that I do is I help people with their marketing. I see the results that they get in real time. I see their sales go up. I see how having good design and good copy and all of the things that I help people do with the expertise that I have works. Mm -hmm. I believe it won't work for me. That's the most bullshit thing I have ever heard. But it has stopped me dead in my tracks from actually doing marketing for myself. I've been very lucky and had word of mouth. It's not true, you know, because I clearly I believe that it works for other people. I've seen it. I have testimonials up the butt saying this works. But that has been a problem that I have not wanted to give up because of certain things. If I stay where I'm at, that's my comfort zone. I don't have to go get uncomfortable. I don't have to put myself out there. I don't have to be the face of my brand. I don't have to get on video. All of these things that are nerve-wracking. Mm-hmm. Or and grow, have to hire more people, all the things. Yeah. And since I see things... 500 miles in advance, that will paralyze me too. Oh, I need customer service people and I need this and that. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is snowballing. I don't want that. I'm just going to stay where I'm at. And then I'm going to bitch about it because I really, deep down, I know that I'm not realizing my full potential. I know that there's that need, the other human need for growth and contribution that I'm not fulfilling because I'm too busy stuck in certainty. That is just an example of how this could be that it's my personal thing. I, I own a business, so my business consumes my life. I think about it all the time. So for you, it might be something else. But that's a good example of being addicted or being attached to a problem. Yeah. And I've just recently decided no more. I'm tired of being like at a certain point, you're going to sit on the nail and you're going to be like, this hurts too bad to sit on it. I didn't, if I had to sit in that chair one more time, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. And so taking steps now to be like, okay, if this means that I have to be uncertain by investing more money into a plan that might not work, so more uncertainty, 
more discomfort, more risk. But if it pays off, it pays off big. And you will never know until you let go and take the risk. Yep. I think for most people, one of the things that I'm realizing is a lot of people are overly attached to certain things. And I think it has to do with like the hierarchy of needs. So certainty is a big one for most people in certain things. So the inability to take risks. There are people who are like, no, I love it. I, it's a thrill for me. Taking the risk is their variety piece. Like those are the people like Lindsay's that are impul- can be impulsive. But I think at, at a very basic level, biologically, we need the security and safety to know that we're going to be alive tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I think for a lot of us, just not being able to take the risks to be uncomfortable and bet on ourselves and be like, this might not work. Because that's certainty too. That isn't just like, oh man, I need a roof over my head and I need money in the bank. That's, this might not work. That's uncertain. I'm not doing it. That, And it could be small risks. Yeah. And if you've tried something and it didn't work or you didn't get the desired outcome that you were hoping, then you're just adding to that story, right? You're validating it. And you're like, that didn't work. See, see, I told you, I told you that wouldn't work. And so now we're not going to try that again. And talk about a toxic loop. Yep. And it's hard. We we all have our things and none of us are going to figure out a way to never encounter them ever. Because once we get comfortable, right, we could be in a place of certainty, we get content and then we get complacent again and then we're uncomfortable. That's the way it is. I'm helping an author right now, a client that is writing a book about one of the illustrations he uses is actual island. So where you are now is your comfort zone. And then you have to take a bridge to the next island, which is out of your comfort zone. And you're constantly, and then you're going to get to that island. That's going to be actual island. And that's going to be your new comfort zone. So whenever you level up, whenever you take the risk to dump the problem that you're dealing with or that you're attached to, you're going to get to a new level and you're going to have a new problem. New level, new devil. That's all this is, is you're constantly figuring out a way. And that's a good thing. It is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. When you reach a new level and you're like, oh my God. And think about, again, think about the person you are. Yeah. That is how you evolve as a human and get stronger and get smarter and become more resourceful and make new connections and like what Jenna said, like, think of your life if you did this, right? Your your life now compared to life if you did it, right? Bet on yourself. Bet on yourself that you can do it. And you can't do it alone. I was just going to say accountability. You need, like for me, just sharing that with everybody. Sharing my problem that I'm overly attached to. And now y'all have heard it. And now y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do something about it. I'm going to. You are already taking those steps to do that. I'm taking some steps. It's, and it's scary to me. It's little steps too. They're not anything crazy, but I'm just like, oh, yeah. Like we said, you don't have to do it all at once. It doesn't have to be all at once. Yeah. It's impossible to do it all at once, but you have to have accountability and you have to s- seek support. That's how you gain extra accountability that most of us need. And let me tell you right now that this is probably going to be outside of your family and immediate circle of friends. God love them. But your family is probably not the best person to help you through challenging times because we can't expect people to sometimes understand what we're going through. And there's specialties in everything. There are marketing specialists like Jenna. 
you can hire to help you. There are health experts. There are an array of people that can help you get unstuck. And seeking support is 100% probably one of the most critical pieces because sometimes we don't want to seek support. We don't want help from others. We kind of sometimes want to do it on our own or we don't want to even admit that this is something and we want to just figure it out. And what stands out to me the most is mental health too, therapists, counseling, changing that dialogue that you're having with yourself that's keeping you stuck in certainty or, you know, attached to that problem. But they're specialists for everything. There's someone that has figured it out before you and that can help you through it. So you don't have to go through all the hiccups and speed bumps in, in doing it on your own. You know, and, and going back to what I just said, you know, people some people don't understand. We can't expect everyone to understand what we're going through. The relationships that we have in our lives have a very tender and meaningful role, right? Best friends, husbands, wives, significant others, mentors, they all have a, this tender role in our life. And we want to nurture those. And so we don't necessarily want to put so much pressure on a particular person to wear other hats that they're not meant to wear. And that's why experts and therapy and everything is amazing. And I'll use myself as an example in my journey through sobriety and, you know, finding out what this looks like for me. My husband does not have the same issue with alcohol that I had. You know, he does not, he did not crave it the way I did. He did not view it the way I did, he could have a couple beers and then set it down. That wasn't me. And yes, he's empathetic. And yes, he he wants to understand. He's there for me and he's very supportive. But I can't purge and unload all the stuff on him and, and expect him to just take all that on. That's a lot to ask from somebody. So seeking support in that way, it really is important, especially through the hard stuff. And so through all this, you know, all, I, all I'm really asking from you is love yourself enough to invest in yourself. It's so worth it. There's no other relationship that's more important to work on than you. You can't show up as a great spouse, a friend, a parent, anything if you're not taking care of yourself and feeling empowered and feeling like you can and being able to bet on yourself. And even though scary, believe that it's possible. You know, you can say, yeah, I I can do this. I'm going to bet on myself. And then, but in the back of your mind, you're like, this is a shit show right now (laughs) yeah and it feels that way sometimes but if you have that accountability and consistent support in the right areas from the right people they are going to get you through all those gray areas where you're like what am i doing yep right and it's going to get you to the destination you want rather than drifting to somewhere that you end up and you look around you're like how the fuck did i get here right you're going to end up where you want to be and be proud of it and be able to share everything you've ever wanted to share with the world and everyone who you love. So that's all I have for you today. I love it. One of your favorite quotes is get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I personally hate that quote uh, because I don't think that it is, you're able to get comfortable, get being uncomfortable. What I would say is get used to being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Because you're never going to be comfortable with it. You're always going to have some form of discomfort in your life. That's why I like Until it because you die. It, it's a pun on words because it's it not uncomfortable. That's it why is. I like the quote. <laughs> I know. I know. And I'm like, but it's not true. Yeah, I get it. I understand that. But what I'm saying is like, this is life. This is it. And I personally believe that 
you were, we are all here to grow. That's the point of life is to grow and learn things and be better humans until our souls leave and go wherever they go. And if they come back, great, then you're going to learn new things and, and grow that way. But can I say one more thing? Yeah. We've talked a lot about personal improvement, personal development, that whole thing, and, and slowing down at the same time. And I think this topic is important because it is part of life, but we, we don't necessarily have to inundate ourselves with more productivity hacks and more of this. Sometimes we just need to do what we already know we need to do. Kind of like what you were saying, like, I don't need another course to tell me what I already know. And taking our wisdom and, and applying it. We all have a plethora of wisdom that we have stuff somewhere that goes unused. It's intuition. I think a lot of us pinch off from our intuition too because we outsource, you know, approval and validation to other people instead of going within first. It's that's another thing that is also addicting is because you can get validation from other people and it's, and it fills so many of their needs. So I think looking inward first and being like, okay, what do what do I need? What do I know to be true already? Like for me, like that was a great example. Yes, I do not need another course. I already know how to do this. I just need to do it. And so it can be easy to get on the self-growth, personal development train and continue to learn, learn, learn because it feels productive. We've said this too. Unless you're actually applying and actually doing the thing, you're just delaying the growth. Really, truly, that's all you're doing. And, that, and then it's worse because now you're super aware of it. <laughs> You've like gained this new self-awareness around this issue that you have and it doesn't get better until you do the thing. It just doesn't. And so problems are hard. Things that we're attached to are hard. These comfort, these little security blankets that we carry with us every day, but it's, that's hard. And like, like we're saying, it's hard to grow. It's hard to stay. Pick the growth track and make yourself proud. You're going to feel better. You are. Be proud of yourself. There's nothing wrong with being proud of yourself. Yep. I love this. This is a great topic. I love revisiting this topic because it's a good reminder. We all need that reminder. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to, for those old stories to come up. And because they were comfortable at one point, kind of feel warm and cozy, that we want to kind of sit up and snuggle with them again. Yeah, don't go back you... to that abusive ex-boyfriend. No. No. It's a great analogy, too. It's a a bad idea. It is a bad idea. And you tell all of your friends, don't even think about it. Yeah. Don't let, take my phone, don't let me call him. (laughs) So let's do that for ourselves. I agree. Choose the brighter, better road. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my friends, that's all we have today. Thanks for being with us every week. It is awesome to be back every week. We've had some kick-ass interviews and more to come. Yes. So stay tuned and we will talk to you next time. The Art of Getting Your Shit Together is produced and edited by LD Coaching and Blush Cactus Boutique Design Studio. We would love it if you'd head over to iTunes and subscribe, leave us five stars and write a quick review. If you enjoy this podcast, share it with your friends so that we can continue to grow our tribe. Tag us on Instagram at tagist underscore podcast with your shares and we'll feature you on our story. Don't forget to grab our free guide, five things you can do right now to get your shit together and start living your best life over at tagus.com slash kick more ass. 
Remember, your life only gets better when you decide to grow, and it's never too late to get your shit together.